Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. This just so happens to be the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face here on WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois.
All right, we started out the show with a classic Danny Dollinger tune, uh, End of the World. Uh, that's a nice one. I like it because it's about both being concerned about the end of the world and about spending time with friends and loved ones and getting to do the stuff that you've always been meaning to do but have been putting off. All right, so let's get to some of the news for today. Uh, well, first, as you may have noticed, I am not, in fact, or Danny Jimon. He is off on another one of his adventures. Uh, he sometimes goes out there and does crazy things like install solar systems and uh, do all sorts of other work. Uh, he comes back eventually, though, so he'll be back later. But today, we've got plenty to keep us busy in the meantime. And let's start with some Occupy updates. Uh, updates from Occupy Everywhere. As you may have noticed, if you've been uh, on planet Earth in the past few months, there are a lot of Occupy groups popping up all around the world. And it's a little chilly outside in the Northern Hemisphere right now, but they're still going strong. Uh, so here's some news from them. It's a little quiet over the, uh, uh, the New Year. I guess people are out celebrating New Year, but there's a few updates. Uh, Occupy Bloomington is being evicted after officials gave them until noon uh, earlier this week to take their belongings and vacate. Protesters are upset, and many say they're staying. Just recently, police began to show up and arrest people. Previously, the encampment had been calm. Around a dozen people were arrested for demonstrating in front of City Hall in Oakland. Police arrived in full riot gear to disperse the protesters, with the action coming two days after the TP's permit had been revoked. Some more news. Apparently, Occupy protests have spread to Nigeria, and they are sweeping the nation. Uh, if, if you subscribe to our newsletter or do some investigating online, uh, you can get more info about that. Uh, it's a, still a breaking story. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. Uh, it'd be good if you put something like radio in the subject line so I know why you're emailing me, and so it doesn't get lost in a flood of spam. <laughs> All right, so, uh, some other news. Uh, Portland in Oregon is having a uh, bit of financial difficulty, which they're blaming on Occupy. According to the mayor, Occupy has cost them so much money that the city cannot afford to host the Republican presidential debate as previously planned. Well, that's quite a tragedy there. The mayor is asking the Republicans to help the city by moving the debate. <laughs> All right, Occupy Boulder is getting ready to deal with the same curfew problems as Occupy Denver. The city of Boulder is passing an ordinance that closes all parks at 11 p.m., and city officials are citing health and safety concerns as the reason for the ordinance. Now, it's kind of unfortunate that they're ending up uh, uh, changing the laws themselves in order to try to restrict freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. You know, they looked on the books and said, well, you know, there's technically, technically no law against staying in the park as long as you like. It's public property. <laughs> and then they said, well... We're going to have to change that. Well, that's our Occupy news for today. Uh, if you have any news, Occupy or otherwise, to send our way, my email address is treesong at treesong.org.
right, let's get on to some other news. This one isn't news per se so much as uh, news about the details. Fossil fuels receive 250 different types of subsidies. Even though renewables get federal subsidies for research and development, they're still at a disadvantage when competing with fossil fuels because fossil fuels receive even more subsidies. We basically all knew that already, but few of us realized that it was quite this bad. Turns out, fossil fuels get 250 different kinds of subsidies, and they're getting more all the time. According to research by Giga Ohm's Adam Lesser, uh, buried in a 351-page report from the International Energy Agency, is the fact that fossil fuels currently receive subsidies via at least 250 mechanisms. And unlike federal subsidies for renewables, which are constantly haggled over in spending bills, a lot of these are sneaky. They sneak them in there. They include everything from direct subsidies to tax loopholes and government spending on infrastructure, which fossil fuel industries depend. And worse, these subsidies are actually growing from year to year. So the next time someone tells you that renewables need to stand on their own, quote-unquote, and I have heard people make that argument, uh, you can ask them how that's possible if a centuries-old, super-rich industry can't manage it. Now, that's, that's a question we've, we have raised here sometimes on Your Community Spirit. Uh, how, how is it that we have this imbalance in the subsidy structure for renewables versus non-renewables? Uh, you know, some people would even argue that you could have an inverse structure in favor of renewables, but we should at least have a level playing field. You know, it, we shouldn't be over-subsidizing oil and giving them a huge advantage and not subsidizing as much solar. Should either subsidize both or subsidize either? That is my belief on such things. And, you know, anytime anyone does raise that argument, you can remember that 250 number <laughs> to ask them why, why oil gets 250 different types of subsidies. All right, in other news, this is actually other fossil fuel-related news. Former pipeline inspector calls Keystone XL a potential disaster. By forcing the White House to make a decision on the politically and environmentally toxic Keystone XL pipeline as part of an agreement reached in December to extend the payroll tax cut, Republicans are being lambasted by environmental groups for undercutting the federal environmental review process. Now, a whistleblower is claiming that the company overseeing the development of the proposed project, TransCanada, also has a track record of undercutting quality at the expense of the environment. Uh, that's not too surprising. But this is further calling into question the decision by Congress to prevent a new federal environmental impact study for Keystone XL, says former pipeline inspector Mike Klink. Uh, quote, Let's be clear. I am an engineer. I am not telling you we shouldn't build pipelines. We just should not build this one. Klink was an inspector for Bechtel, one of the major contractors working on TransCanada's original Keystone Pipeline, uh, completed in 2010. Klink says he raised numerous concerns about shoddy materials and poor craftsmanship uh, during the construction, which brings ta tar sands crude from Canada to Midwestern refineries in the U.S. Instead of actually addressing the problems, Klink claims he was fired by Bechtel in retaliation. Uh, and that's, that's where the whistleblower thing comes in. You're not allowed to fire people for complaining about uh, 
crimes that your company is committing. <laughs> he filed a complaint with the Department of Labor in March of 2010 and made his story public last fall. Uh, and he, he, he says, that's one thing that's interesting to me is that he's very clear. He's speaking as an engineer, not an environmentalist. You know, that he's, he's not saying, you know, that he has such a great love of the environment that he's going to go on a, you know, crusade to protect the environment. He's complaining about the serious uh, technical problems with this project. And uh, as someone who is an environmentalist, uh, I'm, I'm very concerned about the fact that they uh, decided not to do a further uh, environmental assessment about this project. I mean, you know, that's always one concern to me when people are saying, oh, no, no, we don't have time. Let's just rush this through and not analyze the environmental impacts more. <laughs> that seems to imply to me that they're concerned that it might pass, it might not be able to pass an environmental assessment. <laughs> it, it's sort of, you know, uh, the, the don't ask, don't tell policy about environmental pollution. Like, we, we, did, we don't know for sure it's going to destroy the environment because we didn't do the assessment. <laughs> Twenty inches to disaster. U.S. coasts unprepared for higher seas. Let's say hypothetically that the rise in sea level that climate change will bring us from melting ice caps and expanding seas won't be all that bad by, oh, the year 2080. Maybe just half a meter, a little under 20 inches. We can deal with half a meter, right? Well, and that's even at the low end of some of the predictions, but this article explores uh, some of what will happen. Uh, but part of what we can deal with with half a meter of rise in the ocean is if we're ready to deal with almost 50% more affected people and 73% more property losses from a typical Category 3 hurricane. And that's not even the strongest type of hurricane, you know. Uh, so that's a lot of increases for just the not strongest types of hurricanes. And this will all be because of the higher storm surge that will come from the additional 20 inches of sea level. Some, uh, a storm surge, in case you don't know, describes when the ocean water that a storm's winds bring ashore uh, j just sweep up on the shore and start washing stuff away, uh, in addition to what's usually there with the normal tides. Those kinds of losses are the scenario in the southern shores of Long Island, New York. Uh, that's what they're looking at according to a new peer-reviewed study in the journal Natural Hazards. And it's a scenario that could apply to lots of other U.S. coastlines, says Christine Shepard, the study's lead author and a postdoctoral fellow with the Nature Conservancy's Global Marine Team. Unfortunately, she adds, sea level rise hasn't been on the radar of most U.S. coastal planners until recently. So is there any good news? Yes, says Shepard. The study offers a set of approaches and accessible tools with which those coastal planners can start mapping their own community's vulnerabilities. So this is definitely something worth looking into. Uh, if, if you're a regular listener of your community spirit, you will have heard a lot of updates about uh, climate change and how increasingly uh, the effects are very visible in the world. 
So, given the fact that it's already starting to happen, it might be time for uh, uh, agencies managing U.S. coastlines to start looking into what a 20-inch sea level rise will look like. Because uh, it, it may be more. It may be less. It may be more. We don't know exactly. But the science says that storm surges are likely to become worse because ocean levels are likely to rise. Here we go. Still deciding how to enhance and ecofy your life in 2012? Well, you may want to consider green New Year's resolutions. Now, we talked about this last week, so we thought we'd share a few this week as well. Uh, now that people have actually had a chance to recover from their New Year's celebrations and actually think about what they're doing with their life this year. We rounded up some revo- uh, resolutions from uh, Grist Magazine. It's an online magazine at grist.org. Uh, They've got a lot of good news there about uh, environmental issues. Uh, So here's a list of some of the suggestions that uh, people had from readers of Grist and staff there to give us all some ideas about green things we can do for the new year. And uh, I also like to point out, though, some people aren't into New Year's resolutions, and uh, that's fine. I'm actually not all that into New Year's resolutions. But it's a good time to think of uh, some food for thought for sort of life resolutions You know, not necessarily a project that I'm going to do where I say, oh, this is the new year. I'm going to do something for two weeks and then forget about it because I don't follow through on my New Year's resolution. (laughs) This is more about, you know, thinking in general about uh, what's going on in our lives, even if it isn't an official New Year's resolution. So here are some uh, suggestions, a mix of fun, interesting, exciting, peculiar suggestions. Uh, (laughs) Learn to make yogurt because it's the item I buy most frequently that comes in a plastic container. Uh, that's a good one, and yogurt's actually not all that hard to make. It's, uh, it can be fun. Uh, another one is not having a baby. Uh, a lot of people in the uh, environmental movement are into not having kids because they don't want to increase the environmental impact by bringing a whole other person into the world. Now, people who do have a baby, they c- there are many ways in which they can moderate the environmental impact for that child as well. And, you know, uh, you can also choose to have one or two babies instead of, you know, 10 or 15 <laughs> if you're trying to uh, uh, reduce the effects of population growth. Adding rain barrels and doing a raised bed garden. Uh, that sounds like fun. A garden of any sort is a, is a good green step. All right, transitioning from a bus-powered commute to a 100% bike-powered commute. Well, that's pretty exciting. Biking is fun. Buying fewer items, hitting up thrift stores, and focusing on handmade gifts for special occasions. Yeah, there's oftentimes, you know, at a thrift store you can get many of the things that you would otherwise get new. There's no reason to, uh, people often don't realize the amount of embedded energy that is in a new item. You know, it takes a lot of energy to ship the parts to the factory to create the item, and then to ship the item to the store, and then to transport the item from the store to your house. If you can get it used, that is one of the uh, great reductions in your environmental footprint. All right, some other ideas here. Uh, This is a nice one. Uh, 
I'll try to restrain that ravenous critic in my head to give the dreamers and chance takers a little more room to uh, dream their dreams and take their chances. And that's an important one. We, we try to practice that here on Your Community Spirit. You know, we talk about a lot of dark environmental and political news, but there's always, there's always something creative to do, always something fun to do. Uh, even, even as the world is uh, crashing and burning all around us, we can still try to do something about it. And it's important to remember, you know, to have fun along the way and to be creative. Speaking of creative, another suggestion is do more free cycling. Free cycling is uh, like recycling, uh, but it involves uh, sharing items with other people. All right, uh, let's see. Hassle more climate deniers. <laughs> I'll read a quote here. Hassle more climate deniers. These fools are a menace that needs to be challenged at every level. Uh, I think uh, I, I think there's some truth to that. Uh, at least the more moderate uh, resolution along those lines to speak out loud and often about the realities of climate change, making it an issue this election year. Uh, and finally, I'm going to end off with this one because this is one I've actually been working on. Uh, reduce avoid clutter. As simple and as difficult as that. So, plenty of new ideas for a new year. If you'd like to send yours our way, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. Let's run through some holidays. Uh, holidays coming up. Uh, Saturday is I'm Not Going to Take It Anymore Day. Uh, I think there's a song about how we're not going to take it. Uh, maybe you can sing that song on that day. <laughs> uh, some other holidays coming up. Sunday is Show and Tell Day at Work. Uh, it is a Sunday, though. There are a lot of people who aren't working, but uh, maybe you can observe it on Monday if you're not working on Sunday. Sunday is also the birthday of Elvis Presley. It's also uh, Midwife's Day and Women's Day in Greece. Monday is the birthday of President Richard M. Nixon, the 37th president. Uh, I, I've heard rumors that he's not a crook. I'm not entirely sure I believe the rumors. <laughs> uh, all right, other holidays coming up. Tuesday is National Clean Off Your Desk Day. Well, that's, I'm glad I've got notice of that early. I may actually have to clean off my desk on Tuesday. Uh, my desk at home is, is fairly clean. Uh, my desk at work, a little less so. So Tuesday, I will celebrate National Clean Off Your Desk Day, if not sooner. Tuesday is also National Cut Your Energy Cost Day. Now, one of the most fun and exciting and simple ways to do this is just with simple energy efficiency measures. Uh, programmable thermostats, uh, power strips that you can turn off uh, when you're not using the items. Uh, you can investigate all of that on Tuesday to celebrate National Cut Your Energy Cost Day. Let's see, some other holidays coming up. The birthday of Alexander Hamilton coming up on Wednesday, the 11th of January. And Thursday is the birthday of Howard Stern, the radio TV personality. It's also, on a much more historic note, the uh, first woman senator elected and the anniversary of the Batman TV show premiere. <laughs> Two important most moments in human history on the 12th of January. 
All right, let's see if we have any happenings going on. Anything happening in Southern Illinois right now? Uh, it is a little bit quiet for the holidays. Uh, between the fact that the, uh, the students at SIU and elsewhere have often gone to visit other places and the fact that the locals are take, taking a nice holiday rest when they can and busy working when it's time for them to go back to work, it's actually kind of quiet around here. The streets are a little quiet. Uh, you can definitely tell that it is the uh, still vacation for a lot of people. But there is still stuff going on. And one of those is a regular happening that's been going on uh, for ages now. It's the Vigil for Peace that happens every Saturday at noon at the Town Square Pavilion on the corner of Illinois and Maine. Uh, they hold a vigil there every Saturday to bear witness to the costs of war and hold out hope for the promise of peace. Uh, they're out there even when it's chilly out. But it's actually pretty nice out today and probably will be tomorrow too. So now's your perfect chance to uh, head out there and see what it's like. That's Saturday at noon at the Town Square Pavilion on the corner of Illinois and Maine. Other happenings. We have Resolution Poetry. This is a very special edition of the Transportic Playground called Resolution Poetry. Coming up Monday, January 9th at 9 p.m. at the Global Gourmet in Carbondale. Uh, one of my resolutions is to write more performance poetry. And you are invited to brave the cold for a really hot night of spoken word and creative company. Tabitha T. will be at the mic co-hosting with Joe H. Bring your resolutions to the microphone and be heard. Uh, it's, a, it's always a fun time out there, and, you know, since it is right after New Year's, maybe we will actually hear some people's resolutions. Uh, uh, I'll see if I can share any of mine, see if I can come up with any between now and then. one more happening and it's an exciting one it's uh, an evening with john muir this is happening on thursday uh january 12th this coming thursday at 7 30 p.m at the carbondale township hall 217 east main street at the rear entrance now uh, this is exciting uh, i've seen this before so i can definitely recommend this john wallace presents john muir uh, the founder of the yosemite national park and the sierra club now, there will be a dinner before the meeting at uh, Kaya Korean and Japanese Restaurant at 5.30 p.m. And the event itself will be 7.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Township Hall on Thursday. Now, it's, it's really great because uh, uh, John Wallace does a, you know, a one-man sort of performance of John Muir. Uh, he's very educated on the life of John Muir and has a lot to say about the subject of his history and uh, the importance he's had for uh, the history of this country and the history of the environmental movement. So once again, uh, Thursday, 7.30 p.m., Carbondale Township Hall. All right, this has once again been another exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirits. I hope you've enjoyed it at least half as much as I have. Uh, and hopefully, you can get out there and enjoy the wonderful weather we're having. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.